Wait, what? Wait, what? We're on? We're live? Hey, you. Hey, you. How goes it? Uh, it goes. Those. Today, today's feeling a little extra Scarlet G, you know. But, oh. uh, keep on trucking. Well, maybe, I guess it's the, maybe it's the fall weather. Like, we're no. actually having, like, seasonal weather. No, so this is actually putting me, this, this weather is the only thing keeping me from being, like, a sad, depressed mess right now. I am at my happiest in this kind of weather. Um, a lot of people get winter depression. Winter is my favorite season. Fall is, like, my second favorite season. It starts to get cold and cloudy. I am on, I am, I have been off today. And I have been playing Madden all day with my balcony door wide open, just enjoying the breeze. Well, um, the only thing I like about this, well, so this weather, this time of year reminds me of two things that I love. One of those being football, because, mm-hmm. you know, this is football weather. This is mm-hmm. football. I have so much and I want to talk about. This is not the show for it. Well, it is. I know, it's right? Weird. Wait for it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it till tomorrow. But you put me on such Um, a time limit. I might make my whole segment NFL. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. Finish your thoughts. (laughs) Well, the other thing I love about this time of of year, this kind of weather and everything, is pumpkin spice. Oh, my God. It's time for more pumpkin spice everything. Bro, I like... Do you know that I bought, like... How many bottles? I bought, like, seven bottles... Of pumpkin spice coffee creamer, and froze, yeah. and froze them. It works like that. Last fall, yes, you can do that. Ooh. You can freeze anything and thaw it, and it's good. Like that's like a purpose of freezing. Look at the picture I just sent you of the current coffee cup I'm drinking out of. Yeah, when, when it comes up, um, plus you know I have you on do not disturb so. Not oh, 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 I just had to oh, do that. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, I so got that I, from Target. I, I cannot wait to go and get, because I'm just now like ran out, or I'm running out I, on my very last bottle mm-hmm. of pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice coffee creamer. And so it worked. I think I'm going to have to up it to maybe 10 bottles in the freezer. <laughs> for this next season. But does that this make it feel very special for you if you just have it year-round? You know? I don't care about feeling special. <laughs> I just want... <laughs> I want the flavor that I like. Who cares about feeling... <laughs> Dude, I think you're missing the point. There's something <laughs> like, about that first sip during fall time that well, you haven't had it since last fall, and it's just like, oh, you know? No, no, no. <laughs> maybe <laughs> like, I'll take a page I, out of your book. Maybe. My all my life I've been so like angry when I run out of the last pumpkin spice and then there's no more. And really what it comes down to is the only cr- coffee creamer pumpkin spice that's left in stores at the end of fall is the sugar free. Yeah. And I tried that one year mm-hmm. and I was so disgustingly disappointed <laughs> that I was just like, never again. I will never go through this again. So that's why I was just like, okay, I'm going to buy just tons of bottles 
And like I said, I almost made it. Um, you know, I didn't, I did break it up. I did, you know, put some sweet cream, uh, a couple of times throughout the year, but, uh, I'm just going to have to go straight pumpkin spice because that's my favorite. And, you know, other creamers are good, but they're not pumpkin spice. And I'm not, I'm not going to deprive myself <laughs> of enjoying something just because it's seasonal. I think the only flavor I like a little more than pumpkin spice, I absolutely love. Um, um, trying to blank now because I'm just so tired. <laughs> the white chocolate peppermint that they bring during the winter time. Again, I'm a little more winter than fall, and Starbucks has this white chocolate peppermint, and it it really is just like one of my most favorite things. I love everything about it. It makes me so happy. Yeah, so happy. Uh, I've had. I've had white chocolate mocha. I mean, you know, for a seasonal, it's all right. But it's the peppermint that really makes it amazing. I mean, it, it's all right. <laughs> but it's, it's not pumpkin spice. It's just not pumpkin spice. I am so disappointed that it's a seasonal thing. Like, that should be year-round flavor. I do agree. I agree with you entirely. Just like, make the peppermint stick year-round you can eat peppermints all year why does that have to be exclusively winter i agree i I mean i I agree i can't disagree with you um (laughs) but yeah it it is this today has not been a good day but the weather has kept it from being an awful day yeah i you know if you're a fan of this kind of weather um, I was not a fan of trying to get kids inside in the rain. That wasn't <laughs> cool. I wasn't really a big fan of trying to get kids back and into their cars in the rain. That wasn't cool. It uh, hasn't been raining by me. But it's been sprinkling. And any type, I mean, little kids in, in any wet weather, it's just semi-disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh that part of it hasn't been fun. It, it's been nice that it's a little cooler out. Uh, I did that because I, I wore my I wore a sweater for the first time, and one of the kindergarten teachers they were just like, "Mr. Radcliffe, you look so comfy." It's just like, yes, it's sweater season. Like I'm yes, just happy is. to be wearing a sweater. Yes, it is. So I was here for it, and I, I came home, took off that sweater, and immediately put on a hoodie. And life is good. I have this orange fall colored coat that I bought recently. I have, um, man, I got, I I got a week to talk about this week. Actually, I really do. Um, But I bought, I bought myself a a hoodie or I mean a coat and I feel real snazzy in it. And then I go to work today and one of the kids there would always gives me a hard time. He's not me. He's just a little 16 year old douchebag. You know how they are. He goes, they call me, they call me Jimmy. Because they say I look like a Jimmy, which irritates me, but whatever. Um, he, uh, he come on, me. Jimbo. Come he on, see, Jimbo. He sees me and he goes, all right, Jimmy, you look good. And I was like, stop it. Really? <laughs> so, you know, getting the compliment from a little douchebag kid kind of made my day. I was like, all right. <laughs> right. You know, so I was feeling pretty good. Wearing my little coat. Little bit. Well, you talked about you know your your week, so let's just get into it. What was? Tell us about your week. Well, I had money this week. 
which automatically made everything better. Um, <laughs> you know, not having to use um, paper towels for certain uh, things was wonderful. And uh, <laughs> so um, <laughs> I uh, had to give my, have myself a good little time. But yeah, no. So first off, let's just start off by saying I got paid and I paid all my bills. And then I put $400 in my savings. I was like, I could put more. I'm going to put $400. That's plenty. And then I went shopping. I went shopping, Courtney. I went and got, so let's see, first day, <laughs> I went and got myself a pumpkin spice latte because they released while I was broke and I was like, can't do this. So I went and got myself a big old pumpkin spice latte. Right on. And it was amazing. And then uh, I went to Target. And did I send you the video of my Target haul? Oh, darn. So I got or maybe nice. may, wait. Didn't you wait? No, I don't think you did. I sent you a picture of my meatloaf that you insulted. Um, yeah, it was too late, which was actually one of the best tasting meatloaves I ever cooked. That shit was amazing. Um, but I just feel like they're not super picture perfect foods, you know, they're not really something that's just like, here's my gorgeous, well presented meatloaf, but it was good. Um, anyways, I went, I, I dragged my friend Katie along with me and we went to Target and I got this adorable picture of a cat and the cat is like on top of a pumpkin with the lid on, with like the pumpkin, like lid on top of him. Fucking cute. And apparently that's like Target's theme this Halloween or something. It's like their little mascot. So I now have a throw blanket of that exact same cat and I have, (laughs) and I have a coffee cup. Um, that has that cat, but he's got the pumpkin sitting beside him. He's got two little. He's got the one where he's on like on top of the pumpkin, and then he's got one where he's just like sitting by the pumpkin. And I have the coffee cup of him sitting by the pumpkin. Um, so we're in love with this kitty. I just think he's the best. Um, and then uh, I also bought a uh, coffee cup that says uh, "Root for your own success" because I was like, "Fuck yeah." You know, I was really feeling myself. And then um, I got a pumpkin, pu- I got a cup that says pumpkin spice season, which I sent you a picture of. Yes. And I got a cup that is a witch's cauldron. And I got a cup that's a ghosty. So I have like five new cups. And then I got these ice cube molds. One is a skull and one is a pumpkin. I think they're amazing. Love them to death. They're adorable. Um, I got this orange cozy fall throw blanket for my couch. Love that. Uh, I got myself a new shower head because my shitty, stop cursing, because my crappy apartment shower head, um, I guess had too much hot or had too much hard water or something built up in it. And so I was getting like two streams of water and taking like the worst showers of my life while I was broke for a week and a half. (laughs) It was awful. So I got myself a new shower head. Um, And then, and then Cordy, you want to know what I did? Got myself some Calvin Kleins, bro. Uh, you, want, it's like, you want something to boost your confidence? Get some Calvin Kleins, bro. Those things make you feel good about yourself. Oh, like these yeah. things make me look good. <laughs> they were hugging in all the right places. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I got myself some Kleins. Uh, by the way, Calvin Kleins cost $56 a package, which is freaking absurd dude um wait for wait you paid that much for some draws 
Yeah, well, so at when I went to Kohl's, because um, I try to go to Kohl's and other places every so often and just kind of upgrade my wardrobe a little bit. Um, and so I went to Kohl's and they had like buy one, get one half off. So I thought it would be like 50 bucks at most. Nah, it was like $78. For some draws? Yeah, man, I tell you I look good in those things though. How many pairs of draws was in this package? Uh, three each, so I have six, six of them. Six pairs of draws for $56. Let me tell you something. They make me want to top. That's how good it make me look. <laughs> but draws? Come on, Courtney. That was funny. Give my credit. <laughs> I um, can't give $56 for six pairs of draws. I, I, I know, but I didn't know it would be that expensive. And then I was already at the register. I wasn't going to tell her to take it off because that just makes me look <laughs> broke. <laughs> Uh, I'd have been like, girl, what? How much are these? Oh, no. Well, you got to put, put them back. I made Katie ring them up because I didn't want the like cute girls at the register to see me buying Calvin Klein's. Oh, my goodness. Well, what is the point? See, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want somebody to see the draws, the expensive draws you wearing but i don't want her to see me buy them she can see me in them she's gonna be like damn you know i'm saying damn white boy but i don't want her to see me like buy them why i don't know i was nervous oh my god (laughs) i was nervous so much to unwrap (laughs) oh And then, um, let me see, what else did I buy? Because I know it was a lot of stuff. Um, actually, that sounds like it might, I'm looking around my house now and everything. It might be so you basically, you, you did some retail therapy. I really did, dude. I really, really did. Um, and then me and Katie and uh, my friend Soraya, we all went to um, the new hot pot place in Midland. Have you heard of it? Have you been there? I have not been there. Um, seems like a made like Thai food. No, it's uh, Korean. Oh, was that the noodles that you that you posted or you said something about? No, noodles? not the not the pho. Um, oh. Hot pot is where so they bring you this like pot of boiling soup, you know, hot pot, <laughs> and um, they bring you this pot of soup, and then you um, you get you order like meats. You can just order like all these like shaved meats and stuff like that with it. Um, and then you just run them under the soup for however long you want it cooked for. And it flavors the soup based off of uh, – or flavors the meat based off of whatever kind of, like, flavoring of soup you got. Okay, wait. Let, let's break down this concept. So you get a cup of hot whatever. Broth. Yeah, it's like a pot. It's like a pot of broth, yeah. And then you have to do the work of seasoning your meat? Yes. It so is basic, Korean culture. To cook your own food? Yeah. At a restaurant? You are dipping it into a thing of hot water per the level of cooking you would enjoy. <laughs> well. Stop being a hater. Is there culture? I, you know, I'm just, that's new to me. I'm not necessarily hating. It's just not something that I don't think that I would do because 
when I sit down at a restaurant, I'm expected to eat, not to prepare my meal. It was kind of nice because they just drop it off at your table and you can just kind of cook it at your own pace and chit chat and do whatever. And, you know, I don't know. It was kind of fun. I liked it. We had now, to try you, each other's like flavors and stuff. Did you tip the person who dropped off your food Hell for you no. Okay, well, good. I'm just. Hell no. Like, <laughs> I don't understand the concept. Like, is this a waiter or like, I don't, I don't. I know all the tip Nazis are going to have You got to tip your... F you. F you. They did absolutely nothing but warm up a bowl of hot water. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> you better believe I did not tip anyone. <laughs> um, absolutely not. <laughs> That's where you draw the line. It's not $56 draws. The line must be drawn at tipping for hot water. I did not like her. She talked to us like we were some stupid white people. She kept staring at us. She kept like coming over and just looking over my shoulder. And I'm like, excuse you. Can you go the away? I was so irritated with her. Don't even get me started. I did she not did, like her. She, did, she wanted to make sure you weren't going to mess up you know, their, their cuisine. I didn't like her at all. I wanted her to go away. Like so badly. <laughs> um, but yeah, we went to the hot pot place. It was good. Um, don't know if it was if it was as good as the price um entailed. A little expensive, but it was good. Um, mm. what else? What else did I do this week, Courtney? Um, uh, 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 do I have anything else? I'm really just so excited to talk about all the things I bought while I was shopping. Oh, I bought Call of Duty. Because I have it. Sometimes I just want to log in and shoot things and not think about anything. Like, there's video games I play that are like just because they're interactive and fun. And there's I just want to mindlessly kill things and not have to worry about anything. Um, and that's where Call of Duty comes from. And then um, I also bought the new Madden. Football irritates me because I always say I'm not buying this year's Madden. I'm not paying all that money for a new roster. They never update the game. It's just a new roster. And then football happens and I buy it. Um. Watched me some football. Um, lost three hundred dollars betting. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I never, I've never week. bet. I've never bet before, and I really wanted to. Um, and I was real confident about my picks. <laughs> and, yeah, we uh, see where that got you. I saw, you know, when you posted your picks on the. Wake Sports uh, Facebook website. Do you like that? Listeners, wait, wait, what people, if you've not uh, gone on Wake Sports, uh, we have a Facebook and Damien posted his his picks on there. And as I read them, I was just like, ooh, I don't know about all of these. <laughs> well, I, I like I've always said, I kind of just bet the favorites. Um, and I'm always a favorites better until. I've uh, until I'm like shown otherwise, right? So like, when it comes to betting, I'm just gonna go with the the tested, experienced horse until the young upcomer proves that they've got it. So maybe I shouldn't have invested so much money in week one. You know, I should have waited till week two or week three. But I was really confident with my picks, and honestly, if I had just bet the winners, of course we know it doesn't work that way. But if I had just bet the winners, 
I would have made like almost a grand, but I had to bet the points too. And all three of the effing teams I voted or I, I placed money on um, didn't hit the po- or they hit like outside the point range. I don't know. Betting still kind of confuses me, but yeah, but I didn't get the points apparently. And so, yeah, you know, <laughs> you just had a big week spending money. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you sure right. You know, <laughs> if if you can do, if you can, then why not? Good I mean, here's the thing. I put I I paid all my bills, I put money in the savings, and I still have almost like six hundred dollars right now. So I feel like I did good. Good. Well, good. Yeah. As as long as you were happy. I have toilet paper, so you know I'm good. <laughs> Two ply. <laughs> Two ply. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, good. Good, Daniel. You had a very, uh, uh, you had a lot going on this week. I really did. I really, really did. That's pretty cool. Um, what about you? My week was, it was a very interesting week. So, uh, you and I actually, we had a phone conversation outside <laughs> of recording. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> this, is what our, this is what our friendship's been reduced to, people. Right? We only, talk to each other. we only talk when we're podcasting. Courtney, outside I have of that, it's just like, right? Outside of that, it's just like, oh, my God, where are you, why, are, why are you talking to me? What happened? And it is always <laughs> me initiating the phone calls. <laughs> right? I'm just like, oh, my God. What's wrong? What's the problem? Um, <laughs> so Thursday on NFL kickoff Thursday, start the whole season. Uh, Damien's all excited and watching the game and everything. And, uh, I am stuck in at a board meeting that just became the longest board meeting that I had ever attended <laughs> that ended in me wanting to resign from this board. <laughs> so I am I and I'm still I'm I'm not gonna lie I am still so upset by things that went on in that in that meeting. Um, if if I thought that someone could be fired, I would I would call for it. But I know that it's it's kind of pointless. And so because of that, it makes me not want to be on the board even more. So I'm really battling internally of. Do I want to even, I mean, do I let this continue to take my time? Because my time is, time is the one thing in life that's the most valuable thing you have because it cannot be replaced. I feel like you, as a very busy man, if you already feel that way, you probably know your answer, but go off. Yeah, you know, um, I don't, the only reason I, I am not so quick to resign is because I know that the overall purpose of the organization is something that I believe very strongly. And I still believe that the organization, I can affect positive change. And so that's why I'm just not, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know where I am in that, but I had to really mentally after that, like take some time away from the whole thing. So I was so freaking mad. Then uh, so you called me like you called and then I was still talking and so 
uh, on my way back, uh, back from Odessa, back to Midland, uh, after this board meeting, Damien is like talking me through the end of the football game. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, people. I do have to interrupt real quick because you don't understand. When I called him, I knew he was in a mood because he answered and said, you know, let, let, let me call you right back. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I, yeah, I was right in the middle of conversation and I didn't just want to ignore your call. I was just like, okay, let me tell him I will call him back and then continue the conversation I was having. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that was that. So I don't know how I feel about all that. I'm not super happy. Uh, one thing that I am really happy about is uh, the Starter Project Blueprint. Um, we uh, met as a committee and selected our new class. So last year was the first year. And again, I'm the chair for Project Blueprint, uh, a project through the United Way of Midland, where we are training minorities on basically how to be on a board of directors. We're, we are preparing minorities to be members of board of directors. We're giving them a training session that otherwise, you know, would cost thousands of dollars. Uh, we are only asking for $25. And that $25 is more just because if you pay to be a part of something, you're more dedicated and, and willing to stay in it uh, versus not paying anything at all. And I wanted to make sure that the fee was very nominal, um, especially in comparison to the knowledge, because the, the program that we offer, there it's offered by other organizations here in Midland, and it literally costs thousands of dollars to go through this program. But we're doing it for $25 because, A, we have a very targeted audience. That's uh, minorities who, are, who want to improve Midland. And minorities are, are basically anybody but white men. <laughs> um, and what about white gay men? Oh, they're the worst. They definitely can. <laughs> That's the most privileged group of all of them. So Hey, 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 calm down. But calm. Uh, hey, it, it is what it is. But anyway, um, so we selected a group. And... I, we received the email of all the applicants the day before we met as a committee. And to see the names that were, that had submitted to be a part of this, I was just like, I was really surprised because it's so many people that I know and respect and who have been involved in things for a very long time. And to see those names pop up, I was just like, <gasps> and then to go into the, into the board meeting as the chair, I, I got, I ran the whole thing, but, to get to talk about these people and what I know of these people and get everyone else excited about the people that I was excited about was even more exciting. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this class. I think that we're going to produce some outstanding candidates for boards, uh, organizations. If you're a part of an organization looking for life and membership, um, diverse membership, people that are going to bring in perspectives of Midlanders who you have not normally recognized. Um, be excited about this class that we're, we're producing. And when we get to next May, um, I need you to be at the um, board fair 
and I need you to be interviewing these candidates, and I need you to put them on your boards. Um, again, I'm just so incredibly excited for the potential of what this could lead to, because I really believe in the strength of the diversity of Midland, Texas, and I really believe that that diversity is what's going to lead our city into the next chapter. And that goes for everywhere. You know, we have listeners of this show all over the country and all over the continent for that matter. Um, it, when you have more voices that are different, making collective decisions for the whole, the decisions you make benefit everyone. They benefit more people. So I definitely encourage everyone to diversify, get more voices at the tables, get people who don't look and think like you to be a part of your thinking. And it will absolutely change the dynamics of what you're trying to do. So really excited about Project Blueprint. Um, that is on the way. And we actually get started with the, with the first meeting um, the 22nd or 23rd, whatever, not this, not this Saturday, but Saturday after that. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to that. Super really looking forward to just getting started with the new class, uh, who actually accepts the invitations, and, you know, cause we do it like a kind of like a fraternity bid style uh, mm -hmm. situation where people express their interests. We talk about them. We decide who we want. And then we send them an official invitation to join us. And then they have to respond back with a yes or no to that invitation. So we are in that yes or no process. And we did the same thing for the mentors. Um, the people who have signed up to be mentors in this thing, the established um, members of Midland Society who believe in what we're doing and want to help foster and nourish these new people, um, that list is really incredible. So, again, some really super heavy hitters. And uh, I feel very fortunate. I feel very blessed to be the head of this whole thing and to be like the principal. The principal. School. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like the principal of the school. And so uh, my job is to guide, to motivate, uh, to keep everyone excited, and to keep everyone focused on the vision. And uh, I'm really excited to do Project Blueprint, but like I said, that's something that we did. Uh, that was last week. We got all that together, so that was part of my week. Um, last Friday, we had Grandparents Day at the school, which that was really cool. We had so many grandparents there, so many people there to eat with their little people, and that was really cool. They all enjoyed that. Our PTA president, she brought a backdrop for them to take pictures, and so we used their phones to you know, snap little grandparents' pictures um, <laughs> with their grandkids and everything. The kids just loved it. The grandparents loved it. And, um, hectic day. I feel like looking at the, at our lunch schedule, we like feed kids all day long. <laughs> our first lunch starts at ten fifteen a.m. and the last lunch ends at one forty-five p.m. Busy. So their lunches all the way through that schedule. It's kind of hectic and crazy trying to usher in, like trying to keep, okay, you you guys, you can't go yet because they got to finish lunch. Okay, they're out. Okay, you you guys can go in. Uh, it, I was the gatekeeper for the whole day. 
and uh, I was so worn out. But then right at, like, at the end of that, um, I went to a football game. Uh, Permian had our, our next home game um, last week against uh, Amarillo Tascosa, against some re- the Rebels of Amarillo Tascosa, who oh, is a traditional God. powerhouse. I was really nervous because was, this was also our homecoming game. So we really had to, you know, had to step it up. And I was just like, man, Tascosa for homecoming, that's, that's pretty rough. I hope, you know, based on that first home game when we got our butts handed to us by Abilene High, I didn't know how that was going to turn out, but it turned out great. <laughs> we, Did you guys win-win or just go to yeah, game? We, no, we won handily. Oh, nice. Okay. We won handily is, over Tascosa. So. Well, is the football team and the band looking good this year? Well, uh, the football team looked a whole lot better. The band was great. Had another great halftime. We gave we put on a little bit more of the show than the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, the next time we have a home game, which is actually three weeks from uh, last Friday, uh, we hope to have just about all of the show on the field because it'll be right before uh, we go to a competition our first competition of the season at Bands of America. And I'll definitely be talking about that in the coming weeks because we're going to have a lot of band talk. You know, that's what I like to do. I like to get everyone informed. And uh, we really had a good time talking about band stuff last, last year, last season. I remember the, the, the uh, field trip, was it? That like me, oh, the, like the really, really rough trip you guys had, (laughs) had you raging. Oh yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's the trip where the bus broke down, and that's yeah. what it was. I mean, didn't you have like a like a douchebag bus driver or something like that? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, the guy. <laughs> yeah, all of that, all of that. Yeah, so we'll see was exciting of, last year, <laughs> right? Well, we'll see what kind of adventures we we have this year. This year, it's going to be a little bit different because we don't go on any long road trips until it's time to go to a contest. Mm-hmm. So uh, this year, our two road games. <laughs> Um, are going to be both here in Mifflin. So, you know, not, not don't have to, to ride charters or anything until it's time to go to a real contest. Their real first real contest is not going to happen until uh, I think we're going to go to Duncanville again mm-hmm. and then uh, the area marching contest, which this year is in El Paso once again. So those will be our two long trips wrong charter buses and who knows what drivers will get that's those are when the real adventures start <laughs> do they <laughs> just um, on, sorry go ahead i will i was just gonna say when we get on those charter buses and that's when it's a whole different adventure do they just have you guys go to el paso because it's just the biggest city or, or like it's just the easiest to house everybody there or what well because our area is um area a is comprised mostly of El Paso schools, it's like 50% El Paso schools, then the four Midland Odessa schools plus San Angelo. And so uh, that makes up our area. So mm. contest is usually either in Odessa at Ratlow Stadium or in uh, El Paso at Sun Bowl. I'm it's sure this is a stupid question, but are you related to the Ratliff and Ratliff Stadium? I get that question a lot. And this past <laughs> So this past uh, Friday night, in addition to being homecoming, was also our junior high night. Um, you know, last week I talked about how the numbers are dwindling here in Midland 
for the band programs and everything, uh, which is just the complete opposite for the Permian Cluster. So with the Permian Band plus our three-feeder junior highs, at that game, we had 768 band kids in the stands playing. And that that just says that is a healthy program to have that almost, you know, round up, you're at a thousand kids um, in your program uh, making music. And so, and that doesn't, you know, it doesn't count our all of our beginners and the kids that they didn't bring to the game, the, the junior highs did. If you counted those kids, we do have about a thousand band kids in our program. And there is no one in our area in the whole area who can say that, who can tout numbers like that. So something is going right at Permian. It's not just about having three feeder schools. Um, as some people in the Odessa High Cluster will have you believe. Uh, it's also about making sure that you have a program that people want to join. Mm-hmm. And nothing makes, nothing motivates people to join something like success. When it's good, people want to join it. If it's bad, no one wants to be a part of it. It's really that simple. So, you know, Permian, we have a lot of really great things going on. And it was cool because at this Friday game, you know, because um, Legacy and Midland High didn't have home games, uh, a lot of their fan bases and people were able to make the trip over to Odessa and come catch the game at Rattler Stadium. And, you know, I got a few different text messages right after halftime. Just people were just like, oh, my God, Permian is so good. Wow, your band program is so incredible. Um, and to which I just like, thank you. You know, the kids are really motivated. And everything is just, it, it's so self motivate the kids are just self-motivated they want to be good they know what it takes to be good they know the level of commitment it takes and so uh they're really driven for success so uh really happy about that the rest uh saturday i went and saw some of my last year's sixth graders who are now seventh graders over at over at abel I saw them, uh, one of the kids that I saw at the Legacy game that I wasn't supposed to be at, apparently. <laughs> uh, I saw one of the kids in the stands, and, and uh, he was just all excited. Mr. Allen, Mr. Allen. Mr. Allen. Right? I made, I made the A team on the football team. Come and watch me play. My game was on Saturday. And did you tell him, I'm sorry, cut son, I'm not allowed to be at these football games? Well, you know, since this was <laughs> – since this was a junior high game, I and I and you know, at, especially at the time that I saw him, I didn't know that I was not allowed to <laughs> participate in any uh, to view anything other than than Mojo football. So you know, of course, I told him yes, and so uh, I showed up, and you know, it was really cool seeing seeing those kids who who were my first babies, um, now all seventh graders and everything. Uh, seeing them play, out there playing and, and along with their teammates, their new teammates. Um, the See, B I squad. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, the B squad, they didn't do so hot. They, they, they <laughs> lost, they, they lost in dramatic fashion. They were up two touchdowns and then uh, the other school scored two touchdowns in like 28 seconds. 
uh, for them, and they ended up losing that game. See, dude, but, you got to let him know. Like, don't invite me to your football game if you're not going to win. Well, I wasn't there to see the B squad, so they really didn't he's not invite. B squad? No, he's A squad. A squad. Okay, yeah, okay he's okay, A squad. Bad. That's my. Fault. So I saw the A squad. They played next, which you know, A it was hella hot on Saturday. Just it was hella hot, and the game was supposed to start at ten thirty. But the B squad game drug on for forever. And so the A squad game didn't even kick off until 1130. Mm. So I was already out there for an hour, just hot, drippy, just miserable. miserable. <laughs> and so by the time they got to halftime, it was 28 to nothing. And I was just like, okay, that's it. I can't do anymore. So <laughs> I did not stay to the end of that game. If they ended up losing that game, they just need to forfeit the season because the other school was seriously dreadful. They were <laughs> they were awful. So if they let the team come back, just stop playing football. Everybody go join the band because this is a waste of everybody's time <laughs> if they let that team come back. Shut up. <laughs> so 28-0. At the half. So <laughs> just go join the band. Just stop. Just oh everybody just God. put up your pads. Just stop. So I couldn't take it anymore. I had to go. I couldn't take it anymore. I was tired from the day before, you know, grandparents' day, football game. And I'm out here in the hot sun in the middle of the day, trying not to melt. It's like no shade anywhere out there on that field. And, you know, those turf fields. People don't realize how hot a turf field is because the whole ground part, the, the dirt part of a turf field is black rubber. It's black rubber pellets. And so heated up black rubber pellets just radiate heat like you would not believe. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it, I couldn't do it anymore. Well, I, this I, is why we're supposed to use real grass. Yeah, but we're out here, like, today was the first day it rained in four months. <laughs> Has it really been that long? And maybe not four months, but maybe probably three. I don't think it rained very much this summer. No, maybe definitely a, not. Maybe a sprinkle here or there, but it hasn't really rained a whole lot uh, this year. So that means that, you know, you're spending a lot of extra money watering grass that's going to die very quickly if you're out there playing on it. So... Now, in the long run, as far as economically go, the economics go, it's definitely cheaper to have a, a turf field than a grass field. It's just hot. Yeah, hot. yeah, but we act like we don't have the money. Right, we do. You know, we do. But we already have. We we put down these turf fields, so they're out there. Got to use them. Now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sunday. I skipped a meeting. I skipped a, a, a Basin Pride meeting, planning meeting, and I was just like, I already gave up a day for football, gave up opening day for football, or, or opening day for a meeting. I'm not doing that for Sunday. So Sunday was nothing but football. Good. I, I stayed in, and I, was just, I just watched football. Yep. I mean, I had to work the morning shift. And what was annoying was that one of the guys I was working with, and I love him to death. He's one of my favorites, and he's a huge football nerd, and we talk football together. But he's a Saints fan, so he made me watch that shitty Saints game, bro. I was so irritated. I was that like, game was is... televised? 
Uh, so I bought an NFL Sunday ticket. Okay. So I can watch any game I want. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, mm-hmm, what? Mm-hmm. You weren't watching the Eagles game? The Eagles game was in the afternoon, and I absolutely watched that one. Oh, okay. And I have opinions on that one. Oh, yeah, so it was the morning game, first game. Yeah, so I worked uh, 10 to 3. I left at like 2.45 and <laughs> was like, all right, y'all have had enough of me today. I'm going home to watch football. <laughs> so... I got to watch that awful Saints game and then, you know, got to watch me some Eagles, probably watch maybe 20 minutes of that Cowboys-Giants game, and then my happy ass went right to uh, cleaning up my house. I said, I have seen enough of this. <laughs> no joke. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Sunday, that was a good day. The rest of the week, uh, or the start of this current week was fine. Yesterday was fine. Today was fine. I had our first PTA board meeting. Um, I thought it was a meeting for all PTA, but I didn't realize it was just the board. Whatever. Uh, That went fine. That went well. Uh, Things are going great at school. We are making it. And that leads us to today. Hell yeah. We both had productive weeks. Once again, your week is a lot more adult than mine is. Mine's like, I went shopping and I bought these things. And you're like, (laughs) I did this important thing for this board. And then I touched this child's life. And then I helped this parent figure out how to feed their starving children. And I'm just over here like, (laughs) I bought pretty underwear. (laughs) (laughs) I bought expensive drawers. Man, Um, I say I look good in those <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> but all of that happened. But all of the none of that is what's, what's on my on mind. <laughs> what's <laughs> on my mind is a message actually that we received just today from the Texas Education Agency. So the TEA announced today. You know, we've all been on pins and needles since this since taking the star test last year. Normally what had happened in previous years with the star by August, like by mid August, we know the result. We have the, we get, we know what our ratings are. We know what the scores are. We know what, what our score as a district is. We know what our score as a school uh, is supposed to be. They had already announced it this year because it's a new method. They were going to wait and not announce the scores until September. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone has gotten their individual results, like per student. So a student can go in and check their uh, whatever method here in Midland ISD. We use something called Skyward, and so uh, you can check your individual child's results from Star. However, the district grade has not been released, and campus level grades have not been released. Okay. Um, I think. I think. In last week, maybe I talked about how Echo <laughs> County's grade was so bad that first off, they, you know, like they've known that they're they were going to have a terrible result. Whatever their preliminary scoring was was horrible. Uh, their their superintendent berated them at their convocation. Berated. Berated, like <laughs> went off. Went and off then, that bad. Yeah, went off, and. 
and uh, you know, teachers over there were just like, there was nothing motivational about this motivational convention. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, but here in Midland, you know, we we did not. We had just the opposite. It was it was a, a positive convocation, and our superintendent made it very clear that this is something brand new, and this is not going to be. You know, this is not going to be life or death. We're not going to, we're not going to call for people's heads. We're not going to overreact to whatever our score is. Now we know, we know what to expect next year and we'll do better. So that was, that was her message to our district. So we think, you know, by mid-September, everybody's supposed to get the, the, the scores. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, preliminarily, everybody in the state is going to do worse on the star test. That's just, everybody did worse. How much worse, we don't know. But Ector County thinks that they did so much worse that they felt the need to sue, to join a lawsuit. Yes, to join a lawsuit filed by other school districts uh, about the results of this year's star test. Because wrapped up in all these star ratings are funds. Right. You know, the, the 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 better you are, the more money. The worse you are, the less money. And can I ask how that makes sense, though? Yeah, I know, right? It seems Sorry, like the like, worse you are, to... the worse you are. It seems like you need more money, right? More resources. Yeah, yeah, more resources to get it right. But that's not. It's just the opposite. That's so, Extra County, knowing that that they did not do well, uh, joined a lawsuit by by other schools and. You know, some of those other schools were like in in this area. There was a statewide thing, but here in this area, I know that Pecos is part of it, and there was one other West Texas uh, school district. And I can't really, I can't recall who it was, but they're also part of this this big statewide lawsuit challenging the results of of Star and uh, being basically upset that they didn't get any prop, they didn't get the proper notification of how the testing would be graded so that they couldn't prepare accordingly. Whatever what? that means. The test is the test. You know, so it just sounds like an excuse to me. Sounds to me like it's getting graded off of what's wrong and what's right. It's a test. It's a test. So uh, what TEA told us this today, I mean to like, this was maybe hours ago, so this is somewhat breaking news, uh, especially for teachers who have not who don't read their emails when they leave home. Breaking news. Courtney Newsdrop. Courtney Ratliff with the Newsdrop. The TEA has delayed reporting the results for another month. So we still won't know what our grade is until mid-October. What was the reasoning given? Um, That they are recalibrating some things, some benchmarks, and it could affect the overall ratings that are given. And I'm thinking that's because everybody tanked, everybody failed, and there was probably such a high percentage of schools that became F-rated campuses or Mm -hmm. F-rated districts that the state felt it necessary to go back and look at things. So that they're not facing even more lawsuits because of the loss in funding that that's involved in having a poor rating. 
So uh, back to the drawing board. We still, we, we now once again still have no idea what our rating is. Um, now we now it's even less clear uh, what the criteria is, what the standards are, uh, how to go about reporting certain things. We just we don't know. We have no earthly idea. Mm. And, uh, we're back on the drawing board, back to day one. So my, I'm, it, it, it's so, man, it just, it, it really bothers me that we are being hijacked this way. And everyone's emotions, because like in a lot of school districts, like jobs really do depend on the, the results of these tests. Can I ask two questions before you go too long and I forget? Sure. So if they're saying that they may alter or change benchmarks or whatever, does that mean, have they already distributed funding based on the star results? No, because there are no results that have been given. Okay. No, I just want to make sure that they weren't, because you you know, you guys said you already knew that Permian did kind of awful and Midland did better than they thought they did, but not great, right? I thought that's what you had told us. Um, right. And so I was just wondering, like, did they already... If you guys know that, then I didn't, wasn't sure if they had already like distributed funding. And I was like, so does that alter the funding people got? So I was just confused there. Yeah. So the reason, the reason why we know what we do know is because of the individual student grades that have been sent out. Gotcha. So that kind of, if you, if you start to, to take results and do the math and kind of do your own math and your own formulas, then you can kind of sort of come out with kind of paint a picture. Yeah. Right, you can paint a picture. However, okay. what we don't know is the ranges. So this percent to this percent equals this grade. This gotcha. percent to this percent equals that grade. Okay. That's that's what we don't know. Okay. Well, I have another... they, oh, yeah, they have one formula, but now it sounds like they are recalibrating that formula to change the letter grade. Gotcha. Okay. Question number two. Uh, I'm going to let you finish and ask it towards the end because you might answer it. Uh, well, so I go. doubt it. I don't, I don't really have a whole lot more to, to, to rant about except that, you know, this is just, it's so unfair to schools because like I said, so many jobs are dependent on this thing, on these ratings. Uh, funding is dependent on it, but really a, valid, a validation of a, of a principal's job, like their role, it's dependent on the results of the star because that's ultimately what they're graded on. Mm -hmm. So to not have that grade means that this is going to be another six weeks where they, they are not able to reshape their campus and reconfigure the teaching strategies to meet the challenges of the grades of the, of the test results. Like they need to know what direction that they need to lead in. And the only way they know this is, by getting those campus grades, those campus results. Yeah. So TEA is really slowing down the process of education by, by you know, not giving us information. So then my follow-up. So is it safe to say that as a, which I ranted about this a lot, and I think we agree, but it's safe to say that the STAR as an educational metric does not truly indicate what students are learning or not learning, or at the very least, it's not good curriculum to prepare a school to have successful students. Yeah. You'd agree. Ooh. Or are you yeah. a pro star guy? Because not, I am not a pro star guy. Do I think that there's merit 
to the starches. Yes. In that, in that you do need to have some sort of way to test overall knowledge. Uh, star happens to be, you know, that's our test of overall knowledge. Um, is it an appropriate test? Is it an appropriate measurement? Probably not because it's not super comprehensive. Um, the mythology behind it is not really sound, uh, but it's what we have. We have to have something. I just don't know if star is the best thing to have. Well, then my question, question. Well, then my question is um, to that graduation rates and Texas's educational ranking in the country as a whole has fallen dramatically since the implementation of the star test. So couldn't we take those numbers as a metric and say, this isn't an effective way to teach our students? Yes, but graduation rates have a lot more to do with other things than just star. Mm -hmm. It's not a singular reason. And there are very few kids who don't graduate as a result of not passing the star. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more a result of not showing up. Attendance is the most, the you know, attendance is what, we, is what you live and breathe off of. Yeah. Um, so, literally, if you come to school, you're going to get a diploma. <laughs> yeah, well, because I look at a state like uh, Massachusetts, which is the number one ranked schools in the nation. And I had, <laughs> I had high school kids out there teaching me about taxes. And I'm sitting over here, I study this shit. How do you know this? They teach us about it in school. We're tested on it. And so I'm just curious. One, I, I mean, I just, because you are an educator and because I am so anti-star, I just want to know if you, what value you actually place on the star as a metric for education, as for educating students. And then also how many, you know, teachers are we i want to know because you said um they use it as a metric um for like firing and hiring teachers well how many teachers are we losing simply because their students aren't retaining information off of a faulty test off of off of well, a flawed testing system you know i i say that but i also want to say and, and i don't know if i've said this before that it is damn near impossible to fire a teacher uh, mm -hmm. Just because there's no one to replace them, um, mm -hmm. if you're not if you're not diddling with a student, you're not going to get fired. Um, you may not get to teach an advanced course. Diddling uh, with they a may... <laughs> It took me a second. I was like, diddling with the what? Right, diddling. What the hell? I know. Um, I, I was just trying to find a PC way of saying. For sure. For sure. Um, you're not it's very hard to get fired. And even star results make it very hard to get fired. Now, what star results can keep you from doing is getting promotions. It can keep you from getting raises. And it can cause you to teach a lower subject. So you might, so a, a fifth grade math teacher who has really poor results may all of a sudden find themselves teaching second grade because second graders don't take the star test and that's their punishment. Does that make sense? I would just be like, have you, I'm not teaching second grade. <laughs> yeah. Um, because again, and I, I just use Massachusetts as an example because 
their educational state, their educational system is is so great, and it, just, it is, and they don't have a teaching shortage. They don't have a problem retaining teachers. They don't have an issue with classroom sizes. They don't have an issue with graduation rates. They don't have an issue with educating students. They they have the most they have the most high school and college graduates like. You know, oh, a kid graduated from Georgia, but where are they from? Massachusetts. They were educated in Massachusetts public education in the entire nation. And so I just wonder what the disconnect is between the Texan school systems and the way that we're doing things here versus the way they're doing things in that state. And a lot of it comes from taxes and funding because they actually fund their schools and taxes go to it. And I'm sure they do here too, but not to the degree that they do in Massachusetts. But I just wonder fundamentally, what are we missing that they're not? Well, I think- And I don't have those answers, I mean. One of the other things that's, that's a fundamental difference uh, is just the number of kids. I mean, we have more, we probably have more kids in Dallas ISD than they do in all of Massachusetts. And so when you, when you consider the number of kids that have to be educated, you know, that's a mm. major factor because you're going to have more of the top, you're going to have more of the bottom going to have more of the middle. So it's that bottom and middle that you really have to compare. Uh, I think that you know, overall, yes, the, the quality of education in mass because they're not held, they're not teaching to the whatever the criteria of our star test is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like they're doing a lot Oh, shit! <laughs> they're doing it's a lot five more million Sorry, 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 sorry. Finish your thought. They're doing a lot more real-world education uh, there in Massachusetts versus the stuff that we do here in Texas as far as teaching to the test. Uh, but, you know, I think that part of it is just numbers game. There are 5 million kids enrolled in public school in Texas and 896,000 in Massachusetts. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. That, I mean, that, I understand the argument, but I feel like there are that many people here in Texas to pay taxes, to fund these schools, and you should be able to, if you have, what was it, almost five times the amount of eight, six, 1.6, 2.4, almost five times the amount of kids in school, which means how many more adults you have paying taxes, you should have a better educational system in Massachusetts because they're a smaller state with a smaller populace. We should be able to put way more funding into building better facilities, hiring better teachers, having better tech, because we should have more resources. We do have more resources. But you you act like money is the only indicator of education. Every time and you and I talk, all you talk about is resources, 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 resource, money, money, yes. money, taxes, resources, resources, resources. Resources don't have to be money. Resources can be people, can be places. You know, resources is not just money. Resources are the things that, that invest into the education. Money hires the educators. Money builds the facilities. But, right? corpora- but look, corporations... Uh, help to educate. Mm-hmm. They give a lot of volunteer hours, places mm-hmm. that volunteer hours. You know, when the business sector becomes a part of your education, it becomes a partner in education by doing more than just writing a check. That's when you have, that's when you experience a different level of success. Mm-hmm. And I think here in Midland, it's a little bit better because our oil companies do do 
quite a bit as far as extending an arm into the educational system. Uh, good, a good example of that is Diamondback Energy, what they did with the Encore Academy. Uh, they've basically funded this program, although I do think there are ulterior motives, uh, but they have funded this program to help um, a certain segment of our student population, those SPED students, uh, to be able to function in a restaurant world, restaurant industry, uh, by giving them class space to, to learn, to, to give Sim restaurant simulation things Yay, like so that. they can serve us their whole lives they love it they're right exactly that's why i said there are ulterior motives behind it because really what they're trying to do is create a workforce yeah but uh you know it's an example of them of a different system giving out differently being part of the being part of the educational process and that happens a lot more here uh, in Texas and different different communities than other places. But then, why are we so behind other places? Because we have to have more in our kids. Education rates. There's like, so I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to like argue with you. I'm just. I'm trying to get to the root cause, and I just don't know if having more kids is the root cause of why we're so far behind other states. And obviously, we're not the worst. Why we are so far behind? I mean. We are the largest, you know, conservative industrialized state. We're, every state's industrialized is a stupid statement. We're the largest conservative state. We're the largest southern state. And yet all these small northeastern states are kicking our asses. And I don't think it's just population size because California is kicking our ass. And they have almost two times our population. I think that if you take the top of our top and compare them against anyone, any other state, mm -hmm. we're extremely competitive. If you just if you take the top ten percent of all of our students of that eight million or five million students, mm -hmm. take the top ten percent, and they will compete against anybody in the world. I could absolutely agree with that, but don't we owe a larger service to the bottom ninety percent? We owe that to them, but they're still the bottom ninety, and they're still dragging us down overall. So when That's you talk true, about overall ratings, when you talk about overall ratings they're hurting us and not helping us. And so that's why I, you know, when you, when you look at all those things, you know, side by side with state, with states, you have to take into the, you have to take numbers into the equation. It's just part mm -hmm. of the game. For sure. It, it, it's just part of the game. Yeah. And I had never considered the population size before. So that was informative opinion changing, but I don't know. There's some kind of a disconnect, and I would just like to have some kind of... I, I don't know. I wish there was some kind of a way to break it down and really get to the bottom of it. Well, I think one thing that would really help is access to more diverse books. But, you know, here in Midland County, that's almost impossible. <laughs> you have people transition. Like, okay. <laughs> when you have people like Diane Anderson and her League of Washed Up Women that want to go washed to... Washed Up Women... That, that want to go into the library and handbook the things that they don't like without any other criteria they don't like. And so they decide that these books are bad and we need to pull them from the shelves and, and children shouldn't be reading these things because in 19, 
23 because... when we were kids, uh, we would we were never allowed to read such things because it made Diane Anderson moist. I didn't say that. I, I, I did. didn't say that. You I did. said it. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not supposed. To, I'm not supposed to say those type of things. Oh, that's right. You got in trouble. That's right. Uh, so I didn't. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Uh, so when 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 Diane Anderson and her group goes into a library without any credentials, like who are these people that gives what gives them the right? Because we're concerned citizens. So can another group of concerned citizens take the 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 books that they pulled? And look at them and say, you know what? These books are just fine. Let's they, put them I mean, right back where they were. I think we can, technically, can't we? Why not? Who who gave Diane Anderson this much power? As a matter of fact, I think it's an overreach of power. And I think that people in her constituency, people in her district, need to really think about the person that they put in office. And is this woman overstepping the Constitution? Is she stepping on a parent's constitutional right to make choices for their own child. But the thing is, the people in her district are so resistant to think for themselves that they allow her to use words like grooming and homosexual and other things, and they go, oh, I don't want kids reading that, and they let her get away with it because they don't bother to do a shred of research for themselves, and because they still think that gay people are the big bad devil. So well, I think I think that they're, they're, it's going to take people in her district, not all over the city, but people in her district Heather. To, to say, to recall her, and to get rid of her. That's what I I think that's the only way to stop this because obviously Judge Terry Johnson is not going to do it. He's on the sidelines cheering the whole way. Of course. And I don't see anything happening from the other commissioners on that court because they're just on the sideline also watching this all happen. I know one guy's been very vocal. I can't remember his name right now, but uh, Ramsey. He's been yes, very Ramsey's vocal. been very vocal. He's been very vocal because he understands the infringement on a parent's rights to make choices for their own children. Yeah. I mean, this is the same crowd that will make that same argument when it comes to, you know, sex education and stuff like that. Well, what should be the parent's decision, should be the parent's decision, but then they're going to turn around and do something like this, and her yep. constituents allow her to do it. Because yep. conservatives are the biggest hypocrites in the voting base. Exactly. They are the most hypocritical voters. So I just, I just want to make sure that you know, I, I didn't want Diane to think that she was going to get away with a second time because now it's been two weekends where she and her group of, of washed up women who who are who want to do these things but are too afraid to put their name on it. That's something else that really irritates me when people want to go and infringe on other people's rights, but they're too scared to put their own name on it. Mm hmm. That, that tells you, that alone tells you that they're not doing the right thing. Of course. If you're doing the right thing, you should never be ashamed to put your name on it. You should own it. You should own it. 100% you should own it. Because but you know this, what? Love him or hate him, but Courtney damn sure put his name on that name change. Okay, on all of it. So. Front and center. And so if, if uh, they really felt like they were doing the right thing, then they should own the process. 
And they should have those conversations and be willing to have those conversations and not hide behind Diane Anderson. That that really that that make it makes me mad just mm-hmm. thinking about it. Like my whole tone and everything just changed. <laughs> yes, yes. The pressure just got uh, it <laughs> elevated. Just thinking about about her and and her Gestapo. Yeah, you've been me, raging a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 I was gonna. Oh, do you think Diane hears us talk about her being moist? Do you think she knows about the pot? <laughs> Well, I know that I know that friends of hers listen because that's how I got in trouble in the first damn place. True, so, true, true, true. Somebody is listening, and who else tell you? I hope you go back and tell her that I want her out of office. Let her know that. Pass that word. I was going to say something really effed up, and I decided it wasn't appropriate for the podcast. Which is good job. This is this is my pod. I mean, our but right, my podcast. But you know <laughs> what? I decided it wasn't appropriate, and I stopped. Good self edit. Because <laughs> it was. <laughs> I was like, "Are we really going to say that, Damien?" I was like, "You know what?" <laughs> good job, Damien. Good job. So <laughs> those are the things that are on my mind. Um, TEA is screwing everybody in the state, and Diane Anderson is taking away constitutional rights. When I make the um, the um, description for this episode, may I please say that Diane Anderson is moist again, and it's a problem for everybody? <laughs> please don't. <laughs> please don't. No. Please don't. Stuff. Fine. <laughs> I thought you were gonna tell me. Okay. <laughs> no, please don't. Please don't. <sighs> well, whatever. That would be very millennial of you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking so, of. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, Courtney, I'm sorry. But I know tomorrow you're going to want to talk about Coco Goff and Man Do I Love Her. And I know you're going to want to talk about the Astros, man, I mean the, the Rangers, oof. And we're going to have a whole segment talking about the, uh, you know, Offensive Player of the Year and blah, blah, blah. And, and you don't like that podcast to run long, but gosh dang it, I want to talk some football. And this is my segment. And so you and I are going to talk some football, Courtney. Is that fine? Hey, talk some football, man. It, it's your segment, and you know, and the people have spoken about what they do and don't want to listen to. See, and then they and, and they can just skip right past it because you know we've announced the millennial moment in the description. Oh, you cut all the way out. Oh, hello. Oh no, Courtney. There yeah. you are. You're there. You're there. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. Damien, hello. See, this is what. One see, second, it's this a work is, emergency. Hold on. Um, so this is what happens when you try and challenge the system, and all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh oh. Okay. Well, I will vamp while he's. While he's well. Okay, I don't really have a millennial moment, anyways. Besides football. I got to get off the phone. I got to get off the podcast. I'm sorry. I will call you and explain in person, but can we just end it here? I just don't have a moment this week. Not a problem. 
Not a problem. Um, so, gang, thank you for listening to this week's show. If you like what we were talking about, especially if you have some strong opinions about the Gustavo, uh, if you have strong opinions about uh, book banning and all those type of things, or the TEA and how they're uh, challenging our educational system, please drop us a line. Uh, share this episode with your friends. Canada, we love you. I hope that your educational system is much better and much stronger than ours. Uh, you can find us on Apple Pod, or Apple Music and Spotify, and make sure that you check us out on Instagram at WaitWhatPod22. Until next week, folks, we are out. Later.